This is episode 175, Shifting Your Money Story and Getting Out of Survival Mode with Chris. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Today's session is the longest coaching session I have ever aired, and I'm going to share with you why in a moment. So please stay tuned through the intro because I actually don't do an after call wrap up in this episode. And it's important for you to listen to what I say about this call before you listen to it to really get the most value out of it. But before I do that, one reminder and one big announcement. The reminder is my spring signature retreat is around the corner. It's mid-March, it's in San Diego, and it is filling up fast. This is the most powerful work I do with people in a short period of time. It's also the most affordable work I do with people in such an intimate setting. My spring retreat is something that will really change your life. And it's not because of me, it's because of you and what happens there. You will literally leave feeling physically lighter, emotionally free of sadness, anger, worry, fear, and anxiety, mentally more clear, physically more confident and accepting of your body, and much fuller spiritually in terms of your connection to a higher power, gratitude, acceptance, appreciation of your life, and much clearer on your purpose and any decision you've been struggling with. Now, I know that's a big promise. But I can guarantee these results if you show up and play 100%. This is a highly experiential retreat. It's not about sitting around and taking notes. You work, but you also have an amazing time. And if you have questions about this, if you're on the fence, I highly recommend you talk to Jill. Just email jill at christinehassler.com. She can also put you in touch with someone who's done the retreat. Like if you want to talk to somebody who's gone through the experience, who was maybe nervous about it or scared about it or wondering if it was worth the money, she can definitely put you in touch with past participants. The reason I'm so emphatic about you getting over any of your objections, whether it be money, time, or just scared of what it is, is because I know what a transformational experience this retreat is. It is based on the work that really, really changed my life. The website is christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. You can just go there and enroll. Or if you have any questions, you can email jill at christinehassler.com. Okay, my second big announcement is after years of being asked by men, Christine, please do retreats for men. And after years of women asking me, Christine, please let the men come. I, I want my partner to come. I want my husband to come. I'm doing all this personal growth work. And then I go back home and we're on different pages. I finally am offering a retreat for men and women and couples, and it is going to be in Maui. So you may have heard me talk about my Bali retreat. You may have heard me talk about perhaps doing a retreat in Greece. However, Maui really is calling our name this year. There's something magical on that island, and I feel like it's a really 
critical time in terms of healing masculine and feminine, both inside us and in our relationships in the world. And this retreat being open to both men, women, and couples is going to be incredibly powerful. There are limited spots to this. We want to keep it very intimate. We don't even have a page up for it quite yet, but you can email jill at christinehausler.com to apply. And we do require an application for this retreat because we want to make sure it's a highly curated group and that it really is a good fit, especially opening it up to men and women. Don't worry. Everyone that's there is supposed to be there. Everyone that's there has a clear intention on why they're there, and it will be a beautiful, amazing group of like-minded people. So email jill at christinehassler.com for more information on that. All righty. Now I want to talk about my coaching session with Chris. First, I really deeply want to acknowledge Chris's willingness to share so much and be coachable on this call, even though she was dealing with a lot of shame and frustration. This session went a lot longer than they usually do, but it needed to, and so I went with it. Now, I will admit, and coaches, this is good for you to observe, that in the beginning of the call, I was a little too invested on what Chris wanted, which was she wanted a shift with her experience with money. She was frustrated. She wanted out of her money story. So... I went into fix it mode a little too much. You know, I could hear and feel she'd been let down in life a lot. And I really, really wanted to help her. And I got a little too attached to wanting to help her. But eventually I caught myself. And instead of attempting to give her what she wanted and quote unquote fix the situation, I really attuned more deeply to what she needed. As the call progressed, two things became crystal clear to me. She had the kind of trauma in her past that I'm not equipped to help her with, especially over one podcast session. And I wanted to make sure I could at least get her to the point where she could see that she could trust someone, in this case me, to stay with her, spend the extra time and not abandon her so that she could shift her story around reaching out for help and find someone or some people that can really help her heal and clear the rather severe PTSD that she has. And second, what she needed more than a shift in her relationship with money, because we weren't going to change that on this call. And really that's not what the issue is about. It's just a reflection of her internal world. What she really needed was love, love, just to be held, to be seen, to have someone be a stand for her. She really didn't need advice. She didn't need to be analyzed. She really didn't need her life explained to her. She really just needed to be loved. So please make sure you listen all the way through this journey of this call. We cover a lot of ground, lots of frustration comes up. And in the end, Chris does find a place of peace and really is able to receive love. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you have a story about money that you just can't seem to shift? Do you have a story around not being able to trust people? Like when you ask for help, you just get shot down. Do you have some trauma and you've done courses and you've read books, but you just can't seem to get to the other side of it? And finally, although you want love and you want support, when it comes your direction, how are you with actually receiving it? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. How can I help? Well, I have a question about how to change the energy around my finances. And this is a long-term problem with me. I'm sick of it. Mm -hmm. I want to get out of survival mode and start thriving. And 
So I, if you want, I can I can give you a quick frame of what's going on here. Yeah. That would be helpful. Yeah. I mean, if, okay. you, if you want to change the energy around your finances, I want to know from your point of view what the current energy is. Okay. So very long story short, I lost my job in June. I was medically retired from the military for a spinal cord injury with 100% disability. Mm-hmm. So challenge number one is trying to perform in my profession of almost 20 years of being a veterinarian, a large animal veterinarian mm-hmm. with now a disability. So I, uh, I decided to go back to school a couple of years ago. I had become interested in alternative medicine and so I'm certified in uh, veterinary alternative medicine, acupuncture and spinal manipulation and things like that. And my body will tolerate that. So I'm finally in this place where I can create any life I want. I'm not in the military anymore. I go wherever I want, do whatever I want. So I started my own practice and it tanked and I was afraid of that because the area that I live in is not really conducive to this type of practice um so that's I have $89 in my checking out today and um you know one of the the good news things is I have decided to finally move to another area I'm going to Oregon in about seven weeks and um the military will pay for that move they'll get my stuff from point A to point B but I'm sitting here and going well how am I supposed to survive and it's really hard to be in creative receiving type energy when you're like, well, shoot, how am I going to put gas yeah. in my truck to drive 2,500 miles with a horse trailer? And how am I going to eat? Actually, that's, gonna... that's the most, <laughs> that's the most important time to be in creative energy. Very scary. Well, I it's hear you, scary. but yeah, here, so... here, whoa, 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 hear me. Cause I know, I know how powerful your story feels, but it's not who you are. And this scary thinking perpetuates scarcity thinking. I understand it's scary from, if we look at it from kind of the human perspective and from the perspective of not knowing what to do. However, it's in these times where creativity is most important. So that's, that's the story, right? That's the situation you're in. How would you describe the energy of your finances? Like when you think about money, how do you feel about it? What are the belief systems around it? Um, yeah, and that's actually what I need to dive into or I need help diving into. Yeah. I'm terrified all the time. Like mm-hmm. money is a scary topic for me. Why? And I'm I think because I, I'm always in this state of lack with it and I'm so dependent on it. So I'm like, well, how am I supposed to eat when I don't have any money? Mm-hmm. And I've tried everything I can think of to create more and it's just not it's just not coming from anywhere. So right. You know, I, I don't expect a dump truck full of cash to drive up to my door, which would be great. But, you know, uh, I'm like, where where am I stuck in this lack mentality and how can I shift that? Okay, so, yeah, so that's, let's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And if I interrupt you, it's not because uh, you're you're speaking in a way that you shouldn't be speaking or anything like that. It's just to slow you down. Because what I'm noticing is because you're in a bit of a fear pattern and a little bit in a fight or flight, you're just like whenever we're in panic mode, we talk fast, we think fast, we move fast, and we're consistently in the reptilian part of our brain, like the amygdala is firing off. And when we're in that part of our brain, it's hard to see things from a spiritual perspective. And it's from that perspective that we get creative and that we see how abundant we truly are and that solutions come. The place you're in now, the fear and lack and everything like that is not where solutions and abundance pours in. So let's just be curious for a moment. I'm not going to ask you to shift into like gratitude or abundance right now because I get, I bet that would be a big leap for you. But let's just be curious because all of this is stuff that you chose on some level and stuff that you set up for your soul to learn and for you to learn the lessons that you're here to learn. So 
in our curiosity, let's look back at what the money story was for you growing up. What was the money situation in your family? Very, very bad. My parents were always struggling. And mm-hmm. I remember when I would ask for something, I would usually get beaten for it mm-hmm. or told to go away into my room or whatever. I wasn't, it wasn't acknowledged. And so I know that that was always a, there was always a struggle around that. My parents declared bankruptcy um, when I was a young child and that, that never got better. Okay. So I'm sure that it's quite obvious to you where this comes from. Yes. Okay. So this is a relationship with money and an energetic of money that you inherited. It's not yours. And it's very, very possible to shift. But because you grew up with not only a family that struggled financially, but you were beaten whenever you asked for something, one, you just have trauma from your past. And two, I bet it's really hard to think you're worthy or to ask for help. Yes. And in the times I have in the past couple of weeks, I've had the door slammed in my face again. Well, but you expect that. I've loaned. I know, I know, sweetheart. But listen, you expect that. We collect evidence for the story we believe. I really get you're having a hard time. I really do. But, But me just having compassion or even sympathy for your hard time is not going to help you. No, not at all. That's not what I'm asking for. And I'm not asking anybody to solve my financial problems, but this is a constant cycle I've been in my entire adult life and I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. (laughs) But I hear you. I hear you. And it is, it is okay to ask people for things. It is okay. But see that you have a a fear around that and you have a belief that you're going to get the door slammed in your face, which is why all the loans said no. Okay. So I know you're in my mastery program, correct? I was a couple of years ago. Okay. And did you finish it? I did not. Mm-hmm. And why didn't you finish it? I had a hard time getting through things without some individualized support. Okay. So you know that there's a community and, and there's coaches in the mastery group and there's lots of people that are there to support. And with military, do you get any therapy covered? No. In fact, I, I had a therapist and uh, they had to fire me because uh, I don't have the correct insurance for it. So mo- moving somewhere else will help solve that problem. But to the short answer to that question right now is no. Okay. But when you move to Oregon, you can? I should. Yes. I should have okay. more resources out there. A lot more. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I just want to acknowledge that you're taking this step to move to Oregon. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a huge step that's moving you forward in the direction that you want to go. And when you get there, I highly suggest continuing mastery and working with a therapist if you felt like you didn't have enough of the individual support. Because I'm sure you know, well, let me ask you this. Why do you think you struggle with money so much? I don't know. And that's, I, I have tried to pick at this problem for a very long time. And I, I know it's a problem that I've inherited. But, you know, every time I I know money is a really charged topic for people and it is for me. And so usually when I ask, I'm, I've been in a numerous amount of these types of groups, mastery type groups. I'm in another one right now, actually, where this problem, I haven't been able to attack it the way I want to. And let me ask you a question. When, when you talk about attacking this problem with money, what are you looking for? What kind of answer are you looking for? 
Well, I don't know because usually what happens is people will just go, oh, we'll just live live on less stuff and just sell all your things and just be homeless. That's fine. Like <laughs> that's not the answer. And it's a band aid fix. They're all band aid fixes. They're not they're not shifts around. That's what I was trying to think of. Those they're not shifts around the energy that keep creating the problem. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm asking for help with. Is I don't understand why I keep creating this problem. Okay. Um, I don't think it's acceptable to just tell somebody, oh, we'll just go be homeless because that's not. Come on. Right. That's not acceptable. That's, well, it's not what you off. want. Yeah, and that's not what you want. <laughs> that's not what I want. Come so, on. It's not, okay. <laughs> so let me see if I can help you understand the energy. If I grew up my whole life being told that people are evil, I can't trust them, don't, don't ever put my trust in people, um, they'll stab you in the back, they're not worth having relationships with. The only people you can trust are, are people that you're blood related to. If I grew up in that environment my whole life, what do you think my relationships would be like as an adult? Um, the same. Um, fearful and untrusting and maybe not even having any healthy relationships. Probably not having any relationships because I wouldn't think that I could trust people. So if I grew up with that, if I was grew up told that, what energy around people would that create? Very negative and repelling. Negative and repelling. Amazing. Okay. Great words. So now apply that to your situation and see if you can start to unpack the energy you have around money. Well, uh, I'll be, I understand that. So like on a conscious level, I totally understand that that's the energy I have in the relationship I have around money, but I don't understand how to change it. Yeah. I don't understand. It's okay. It. Let's go back to my hypothetical. And so I completely understand where you're going with that. And I've, I've done a lot of work with that. I, I know where the subconscious stream came from and where it was embedded in child and all that stuff. But honestly, I discovered that years ago and it hasn't changed. It's got actually the problem's gotten worse. Okay. So you have awareness around it, but you probably haven't yeah. worked with it on the level of changing it. Okay. So let's stick with my yeah, hypothetical. There we go. <laughs> let's stick with yeah. my hypothetical. So okay. if you, if, if I was coming to you and I was saying, Chris, this is, this is my relationship with people. This is how I grew up. I know that how I grew up impacted me in terms of how I view people and my ability to have relationships and what I'm energetically broadcasting to the universe. How would I begin starting to change that? What would be one of the first things I'd have to do? Mm -hmm. What else? Because if if a bunch of people put those beliefs in me, I'm probably going to need some assistance getting them out. What would be the next thing? Figure out a way to reframe the beliefs. Okay. So yes, reframe them. So, so would that be update the story? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then what? Figure out how to plant new positive beliefs in place of the negative ones. Okay. So probably not even figure out, plant new positive beliefs. Okay. And then what about some of the emotions I probably felt about my parents and about my family? growing up where I was prevented from having connections with other people and basically told a bunch of things so that my model of the world was a very isolating experience. Do you think I might have some anger and sadness about that? Yes. Mm -hmm. So that would probably be something I needed to look at as well, right? Okay. Yeah. Can you think of anything else? No, I don't think so. Okay. So out of those four things, 
asking for help, figuring out how to update and reframe the story, planning new positive beliefs, and really processing the, the sadness and the anger and some of the trauma from the past, to what degree have you done those things? A lot. Even like number four? Oh, yeah. I've done that for years. And it's, again, the problem just gets worse. Tell me how you so do you it. Run. Uh, well, part of the issue is I don't have a lot of tangible stuff to work on. I mean, I'm in a program now that I paid money that I didn't have for, and it's in the double digits of expensiveness. And I'm still working through that. And it's still like, okay, where's I need a tangible way to work through it. So just journaling and writing down gratitude and that stuff is not, it's it's just not working. Well, journaling and writing down gratitude doesn't sound to me like getting out anger and sadness and resentment. Well, okay. Then I guess my question is how do I do that? Because everything I've tried around that, throwing money at the problem that I don't have, writing it out, talking it out, none of that has shifted the, the issue. It's made me more aware of it, but it's not shifting the energy around it. Did you get to the emotional section and mastery and work with the temper tantrum technique? Uh, I did not. Okay. Okay. So you have the course, you own the course. I would suggest going back there because what I, what I feel from you energetically is so much anger. You're really pissed off. And underneath all that anger is tremendous sadness. And you try and you try and you try and you try and you've been operating in frustration which is basically a suppression of anger and sadness. Things haven't been easy for you and things weren't easy for you growing up. Your parents struggled with money. If you asked for something simple, you were hit. You've been through a lot. And a lot of emotions are stuck in there. And oftentimes we're unable to shift something because we haven't gotten to the core of what we what we need to look at and experience to heal. And I'm not saying you have to relive your past or anything like that, but can you feel the, the anger and the sadness that you've been carrying around for years? Oh, absolutely. I wish I knew how to get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, you've got to stop wanting to get rid of it because when we judge our emotion and want to get rid of it, it, it's sort of, it makes it harder to release it. So part of what I teach when I work with people on releasing emotion, emotion just gets lodged in our body and we perpetuate that emotion with our thoughts. And so when you start to feel angry and sad, like you are right now, and you're feeling that in your body, but then your mind is judging. Your mind is going, I hate this. When is this over? How many more courses do I have to buy? I understand all this. She's not telling me anything new. I just want it to be different. It's not, you're not giving yourself full permission to feel because you're judging it along the way. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So there's a space inside of each one of us that holds unconditional compassion for us when we're releasing a feeling. So from my perspective, part of the work that, let's not call it work, Part of the healing that you haven't yet done yet is releasing your emotions, feeling your emotions, and having a compassionate space inside yourself 
to hold for them because you go straight into judging and being frustrated and wanting it to be different. And the more we want something to be different from a place of frustration, the more it stays the same because the energy of frustration doesn't help us move forward and is also more in the energetic of lack. And it's very hard to create when we're frustrated. So what's, what's happening for you as I'm saying all this? Uh, I just feel stuck, honestly. I mean, I completely understand what you're saying. I've heard it before and I definitely appreciate it. And it's, it's hard when you have no idea how you're going to feed yourself. <laughs> That's, it's really hard to be in a space of creation when you're in, in really, really dire straits. So that's kind of where I am right now. I mean, this is, this is bad. I'm in a really bad spot. I hear and you. You want to be different because being hungry and being on the verge of being homeless sucks. Yeah. It's horrible, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, like I said, I don't, I've done so much work around this and spent so much money on it. And so I'm going to ask you a really difficult question. What I'm noticing is how the comfort zone you have with victim. And that makes sense given your past. And again, this isn't coming from not being compassionate. I'm just pointing out to you what you're doing. There's very much a victim mentality that again, sends you into panic. So it isn't with emotions and with healing. It's not like we do it once or a couple times and poof, it changes. It takes a while to discover that we have this beautiful, strong, compassionate place for ourselves and that we can feel our emotion without going into panic. Because there's a difference between feeling anger and sadness and just releasing it versus being angry and sad about the situation and not being able to eat and going into panic. There's being upset about the current situation. And then there's actually going back to where all this began and healing the emotion around that. And oftentimes when we're in a place of creativity, I don't mean that that's that we have to come up with all the solutions on our own. That's also the place where miracles happen. That's also the place where help from unexpected places comes in. But can you see that your frustration, your panic, the judgment you have around yourself and this whole situation is keeping you stuck? It does. I guess my question is, how do you, how do you work through that when you, you're in pure survival mode? I'll tell you, you move into total acceptance. You stop fighting with reality. This is going to begin to shift for you when you're like, okay, wow, this is sort of feels like rock bottom and I'm going to stop fighting with what is. I'm going to accept it and see what I can learn from it and see what I can heal. It's very hard to shift something, especially something awful when we're not in acceptance, when we, because it creates resistance and acceptance isn't, I like it. Acceptance isn't that at all. Acceptance is, this is where I am here and now. The, the wise part of me knows it doesn't have to be like this forever. I got myself here, which means I can get myself out of here. So I'm going to stop fighting with reality, as Byron Katie says. I'm going to accept what is, and I'm going to go into, why is this happening for me? And this brings me to the difficult question I was going to ask you earlier, because Whenever we're in a situation like this, Chris, whenever we're in a situation like this, there's a cost, which is obvious, but there's also a payoff. 
There's a reason why the circumstances of our life are the way they are. And there's a reason why we've created what we've created. So I want to ask you, what is the payoff of being in survival mode? What is the payoff of not having money? Oh, wow, that is a tough question. I don't have an answer for that one right now. Well, I don't see a payoff to it. Uh, Yeah. Well, when you start to see the payoff, it's going to be easier to shift this. So let's explore. Let's again, go back to curiosity and do your best to stay out of panic mode with me. Okay. Because right now you're not homeless right now in this moment, you're not. Okay. So usually payoffs have to do with some kind of protection. Usually a payoff protects us from something, keeps us quote unquote safe in some way. Okay. So as a kid, what beliefs do you think you had around money and having money? Um, that I was never going to have any. I was always going to be poor and I was never going to be able to have the life that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, maybe that money was for other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you saw your parents fight and struggle with money, what beliefs do you think you made about that? Maybe that everything that has to do with money is bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So if, and let me ask you another question. How did you get, as a kid, I take it you didn't get a lot of attention. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. It was well I did, but it was negative attention. Yeah. And if you ever got any positive attention, what would be the reason you got it? Probably because I got an E in school. Mm-hmm. Anything else? That some performance measure my parents dictated to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So performance performance is okay. And then but anytime you ask for something, especially something that took money, then what would happen? I can't think of a time where I was told yes. I'd be mm-hmm. told a million reasons why my idea was stupid or no, or I mean, the neighbor just said, "Hey, we just can't afford that right now." It was, it, it was either being yelled at, being told it was bad, or um, like a lot of times, I got physically smacked for it. And where are your parents now? Dead. Mm-hmm. And what was your relationship like with them before they died? Uh, not that great. Mm-hmm. Were you in contact with them? Yeah, I was. I have an estranged sister as well, and she blames uh, their deaths on me because I went to join the military and I wasn't home when they were going through their cancer. And so, according to her, that's my fault. So, I got to pay for the funerals, though, <laughs> every time. Okay. I know that's not my fault. You know, I, I just, it's really hard to explain to somebody who doesn't understand that I can't, well, sure I could walk out, but the consequence would be, I'll probably be thrown in jail. So to, you know, it, it's just, that's kind of the position I got put in. And I was like, well, I'm in Iraq. I can't come home right this second. You know, it was just stupid stuff like that. So mm-hmm. no, I didn't, I was in contact with them, but I didn't have a, as an adult, I had probably a more distant relationship with them for some right. of those things. Right. Or my dad, when he was alive, he would usually only call me when he wanted money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And assume that I had it to give to him, which I usually did not. Yeah. And when you were in the military, did you see a lot of violence? Yes. 
Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the payoff thing and then I'm going to kind of come back to like a bigger picture. So a lot of times the payoff in holding on to our story is we sort of get to be right about it. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and it also, your whole life, I feel like you've just wanted someone to take care of you and be there for you. And it feels like to me, Chris, that you're on some level playing out something very unconsciously that it's almost like, how bad can it get? So the payoff in holding on to all of this is you kind of get to hold on to the story. You get to be right. You get to keep blaming a lot of things, including yourself. You get to keep being a victim, all those things, which are all very comfortable for you. What's not comfortable for you is counting on other people, asking for help, feeling your feelings, going into a place of compassion, all those things. That's harder for you because anytime you ask for anything, you were hit. So you've got growing up with violence and scarcity, then going into the military where there's more oppression and violence. And then coming out and trying to be an entrepreneur and live your life without cleaning any of that stuff up. From my perspective, it doesn't surprise me you are where you are. I don't want you to think you're some big failure who can't get it together with money. Based on everything that's happened to you, it makes a lot of sense. And so the shift, because you keep asking for a shift, is to move into acceptance and go, okay, like this is where I am and I've created this life and the situation based on my model of the world, given all the experiences I went through that were really challenging. I'm going to have compassion for myself, but I'm not going to be a victim. And I'm going to be very intentional about finding the actual people, not courses, but the actual people that can help me start to heal some of this stuff so I can shift because I'm not sure if you have a little PTSD. Oh, I'm sure I do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm positive I do. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to, you know, diagnose. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's okay. I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, I did three combat tours. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah my <laughs> love, like you've been through a lot. This isn't just about money. Like this is your, you have a degree of familiarity with survival mode from a kid to combat to now. It's actually where you feel safest because it's most familiar to you. You want something different, but this is sort of what you know. That's very true. And honestly, I'm sick of it. I'm exhausted. I, I hear you. And this is great. You've got to the point where you're like, this is my turning point. And often it is the, the darkest of nights that starts to really put us on our path of, of healing and transformation. So my encouragement to you, I mean, there's, I'm limited in what I can do over the phone in the short period of time. Um, and I'm not trying to blame those other courses for, I'm not saying they failed me or anything like that. I just like, wow, I keep, I keep trying to be in action about this and I'm not getting what I need out of things, if that makes sense. So I wanted to just put that synthesis out of yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to be like, oh my God, you know, I spent all this money and it sucked and it didn't work. That's, that's not it at all. I'm just in this space where I'm like, hey, grief. I've done all this stuff over all these you years. Have, and I, you have, like, but, you have. Know, when is it, when's it my turn? <laughs> well, the, the part that's been missing in the work that you've done 
is actual people that can care for you, that can nurture you, that can guide you through. But because of your past, you have a very, I got to do it on my own mentality. So receiving is not so easy and being vulnerable with others is not so easy and asking for help is not so easy. Obviously you asked for something as a kid, you got smacked. Of course, asking for help is hard. And I had a lot of shame around this situation. And of course, yeah. It's really, it really sucks when somebody judges you. Well, you're a doctor. What's wrong with you? You can't make money. I'm like, oh my God, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> well, those people, my love, are just projections. Because you're judging yourself so much and have so much shame, you're basically, it's all vibrations, all energy. So you're attracting people that reflect that judgment back to you. I'm telling you, the more you move into acceptance, the more you move into forgiveness, the more you move into compassion for yourself, feeling your feelings, all those things, the more the people around you and the most aligned healers and teachers will show up. But if you continue to be in resistance and frustration and judgment of yourself, then it's going to be harder to attract the people that really can help you through this. And I know Oregon's a very beautiful place. I know there are a lot of beautiful healers there. I, I trust that your insurance will cover something or that some kind of miracle will happen. But the biggest thing I can offer you on this call today is transform that frustration into compassion and acceptance. Because the payoff of carrying around this whole story is it's keeping you right. It's keeping you in your survival mode, which is actually where you're most comfortable, even though you don't like it. It's where it's most familiar oh. to you. And it's it's keeping you from having to really go into vulnerability and, and ask for help. So what are you thinking? I'm just thinking about how I can be in action with those things. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that right now. Well... I would start, is there anyone in your life that you feel is supportive? Honestly, no. Okay. Where do you live now? In Georgia. In Georgia. And when do you move? Seven weeks, you said? Uh, about seven weeks. Okay. Okay. So from now through the next seven weeks, what can you do to be a little bit more compassionate and accepting of the situation? I don't know. I mean, uh, like you said, I just have to accept it. <laughs> I'm not sure how to, I'm not, I'm not actually not sure how to accept that uh, or how to accept the situation. Well, I'll remind you again. So acceptance is you stop fighting with reality. So you go, okay, do you believe in a higher power? Yes. Okay. What do you call it? Uh, the universe. Okay. So you go, okay, universe. I really get that this is happening for me. It's not my preference. It's not my preference, but I'm going to stop resisting it. I'm going to stop going into fear and panic and I'm going to move into accepting it. Doesn't mean I'm resigning. doesn't mean I want it to stay this way forever, but I'm going to lessen my intensity of my judgment and panic around this and be more curious about how I can shift it. Okay. That makes sense. It's changing, you know, miracles, a change in perception. It's changing the way you're relating to this issue. In my grad school, we learned how you relate to the issue is the issue. And a big part of acceptance is going, of course, this is happening. 
given my past. And now I've reached a place where it's, I'm ready to really heal my past. Cause I think a part of it is healing your past feels scary, but with the right professional, whether it's EMDR or someone that specializes in trauma, you can heal this. In fact, I think EMDR would be really good for you. I agree. I had a practitioner on the hook here, but uh, like I said, as soon as I retired, they said, sorry, we can't help you. Okay. Well, again, got to change the story too around when I get asked for help, I get smacked. So start telling a new story around receiving help. Okay. I know moving is going to help a lot and this yeah. is nuts, but I haven't even been out there to look. I just, I, I used to live, I lived in California and I lived in Washington and I, I, I have in my heart of hearts, I know that where I'm going is going to be okay, but I'm going out there completely blind mm. with a horse trailer full of horses. I have Good no idea how we're going to pull this off. Good for you. But you <laughs> <And> have $89. <laughs> so you have, you have seven weeks to do some internal healing and to start to be curious. And I have a feeling, even if you go back to mastery or the other courses you're taking, if you go in with more acceptance and less frustration and less urgency of like, this needs to shift and I need money now and make it more about your healing. Cause it isn't about money, Chris, it's about your healing and it's about the trauma and it's about the story you tell. It's not about money. The money's going to shift once all the things we've talked about shifts. And I would give you a little, assignment to practice asking for help in little ways, like asking someone to open a door for you, asking a neighbor to bring in your trash bin. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up because I don't know your, your day to day, but find little ways to ask for something. Okay. You asked to be on this podcast. We have a very long waiting list and you got a slot. Thank you. So it isn't completely true that whenever you ask for something, the door gets slammed in your face. I just want you to be aware of that. Thanks. I appreciate that. What'd you learn and how do you feel? Um, I still feel pretty scared. Mm-hmm. And um, I really learned that I have to figure out how to get out of the how of this problem and back into the, the, the why, the mm-hmm. energy around it. Yeah. And, and really, Chris please look into someone that can help you with the trauma part because, you know, when we're so in the fight or flight part of our brain, it's hard to do a lot of what we talked about, you know? So really move into the acceptance, move into the compassion. I'd highly recommend some kind of meditation, something to calm your nervous system down. See if there's any, I would just research if there's any, organizations like nonprofit that do any kind of vet counseling, trauma work. I mean, have you researched all that? I have. And interestingly enough, the practitioner has not shown up for any of my appointments. So I finally just got sick of dealing with it because it was a time suck. And again, it goes back to that, oh, gee, I asked for help and didn't get it. So I know. I did a story. The view is horrible. Okay. <laughs> so... It doesn't, I mean, I'm sorry. And it just is further, it's just further evidence of how pervasive this belief is in you. Okay. I'm trying. I'm really trying. Well, I hear you. I hear you. Um, But you're trying with the expectation that the door is still going to get slammed in your face. And that's normal when we've been through a lot of trauma. We just prepare ourselves for the worst. 
And so we're like, oh, there it is again. Someone else didn't show up for me. So practice the little ways of starting to disprove your story that when you ask for things, you get shut down. Start with that. If it feels like you can start to feel some of these feelings with compassion, like letting yourself just have a good cry without the judgment and then doing some journaling afterwards, that would help. Meditation would help. And then I'd still research, you know, be curious and, and pray and say to the universe, I realize my energy is not in alignment with what I want right now. So help universe, like help me shift my energy. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> this is really the time to lean into your spirituality too, because that part of our brain and that part of our connection is, is different than the reptilian part of our brain. And that's where so many of the miracles and the solutions come. You don't have to do this alone. There are people out there that will help and support you. Change the story. Change the story you're telling yourself about your life. But don't wait for the external world to change it for you. You've got to change it inside yourself. And then you'll start to see different things in the external world. And just know you've had, you know, a lot of things that you've been through and you need a little help. And that's okay. Don't try to do this all on your own. Okay. How do you feel now? Um, a little, a little numb. I've been overwhelmed all yeah. day. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So just take a deep breath, like a really deep breath, and let it go with a sigh. And take another really nice deep breath. And then when you go, let it go. This time, make some sound like. <sighs> and one more. Okay. So, and kind of stand up. Can you can you hold the phone and stand up? Yeah. Okay, and just kind of shake your arms and your legs. Like, just shake them out. Okay. Good. So whenever fear and panic starts to come in, I want you to take at least three really deep breaths and let it go with a, and then get up and shake, or you can do it on your bed and start to get the fear out of your body. Trying to do this all with your mind, mm, it's going to keep looping. But when the fear and the panic comes up, the breathing, the exhaling with sound, the shaking it out of your body, that will start to move the energy a little bit. But trying to deal with the fear just in your head isn't going to work as well as if you actually move the energy. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So can you try doing that too? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I know you didn't totally feel like we shifted the energy of this call, but hopefully we shifted the way you're relating to it a little bit because that really is key for you, shifting the way you're relating to the energy. How do you feel? Okay. okay. <laughs> Not sure where to go next, but. Well, let's, I gave you a couple ideas. So you do know where to go next. So where are you going next? Uh, to Oregon. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, like I, in I this moment. <laughs> I, 
I'm sorry, I don't know. I had a stroke too, so my short-term memory is terrible. Mm. Not training is, is an excuse. That's sometimes okay. I can't recall things quickly. That's okay. I'll uh, remind you. You're going to practice asking for help in little ways. You're going to have more conversations with the universe by asking for help. You're going to keep researching people that can help you with PTSD and brain trauma and all those things that you're dealing with right now, because that's not something one can navigate on our own. And as you start to change the story about people asking for help, those kind of people will show up and look into meditation. And if I didn't say this already, you're going to breathe with sound and shake and move fear out of your body. Okay. 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 Did this shift you just a little bit? You think so. Okay. Can you experience right now the energy of someone showing up for you? Can you feel right now how present I am with you? Yes, and it's really hard because I'm not, I don't know what that feels like. I know. I know. You're just not used to what it feels like, but you know what it feels like because you're feeling it right now. So what does it feel like? Um, kind of awkward, actually. Okay, we'll try to give it some feeling words. Um. I'm not sure how that puts out in a feeling. Hmm. What does it feel like to have someone here with you? Someone um, uncomfortable, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So could we reframe that so that you start to want more of this kind of feeling? Because if this feels uncomfortable, you're going to keep blocking it. So just know I'm not judging you at all. I don't want anything in return. I'm just here with you. So can you let that love and that compassion in? I'm trying. (laughs) Okay, so just breathe. Just breathe and you don't do it with your mind. You do it with your body. So just let it into your heart. Let it into your belly. And just know that you're loved and you're seen and you're safe. And you're held. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. And you really deserve love and support and money and friends and intimacy. And that you're fully, fully capable of having them. You are not broken. Thank you. So are you letting that in? Yes. Okay. And as you're letting it in, what are you experiencing in your body? Um, your nervous system's not quite so uh, amped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of love for you in the world, Chris. There's a lot of loving people. There's a lot of helpful people. Believe that it's there and let it in. I know you can do that because you're doing it right now. So this feeling, this feeling of being supported, being held, I want you to anchor this feeling in your body. So just put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. And just know this is your new story. This is the truth. This is the truth of how humans can be with each other. 
This is the truth of who you are. And you wouldn't have attracted this moment if it wasn't somewhere in you. If your whole story of everybody shuts me down and I'm not worthy, if that whole story was true, you and I would not be having this exchange right now. So really anchor in that this is truth. Being loved, being supported, being held, especially when you're vulnerable or sharing things that you might've been ashamed of, that this is the truth. And this is the new story and what you get to experience more of. So whenever you get scared or the old story pipes up, I want you to just say, no, it's not where I'm going to go. Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly and come back to this feeling. And you can even repeat, I deserve love. I deserve to be supported and I'm worthy. So let's try those. I deserve love. I deserve love. I deserve support. I deserve support. I'm worthy. I don't have to do it all on my own. I don't have to do it all on my own. Anything else you want to affirm or say? I deserve a life of abundance. Mm-hmm. Well, it's already starting. This is the longest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> Thank you. I don't feel like it's a very good podcast. <laughs> it's beautiful, but the abundance is already beginning. It's messy. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, a, not, it's a messy one. No judgment. No judgment. You know what? We're all messy, and that's beautiful. I don't know any human being that isn't messy in their own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear you laugh. Yeah. So it's already shifting. Please know that. You and I wouldn't be on this call if it wasn't already shifting. So keep this momentum. Keep asking the universe to say, I, you know, help me shift my energy. Help me shift my vibration. Bring the right, you know, bring the most helpful people to me and practice those little ways. Everything we talked about. Okay. Okay. And will you please send me, you have my contact information. Will you please send me a a follow-up in about a week or so? And just know you have someone to check in with. That cares about you. I, I really, that I really appreciate. Thank you. Because well, I know it's genuine. So yeah, thank you. It is genuine. It is. And you deserve that. And it's not from a place of pity. It's from a place of really seeing who you are. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.